Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Right on radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Saturday Night Sermon on Right on Radio. I am Beulah, and let us begin with a word of prayer. Father, I just want to thank you for this time and this moment that we can have with you, sharing together, Lord, of what you will teach us, what you will show us, the understanding, Lord, that you will impart unto us. I ask, O oh God, as I hide myself behind the cross, that your Holy Spirit will fill this podcast with your holy presence. Let every word spoken to you spoken not of my own wisdom or my own understanding, but be spoken, Lord, in your light, in your truth. Bring about, Lord, the desired outcome that you want as you impart your seeds, Lord, the seeds of the kingdom into the hearts of the listeners. I thank you, O God, as I invite your holy presence to fill this podcast and be with us, Lord. And I just want to thank you that you have loved us so much. And that you're walking with us each step of the way, even when we don't realize it, Lord. Your love, your mercy, your truth, your light and your fire is ever before us. Every step of the way has never leave us, never left us, and will never leave us. Thank you, Lord. Your mercy and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you've had a good week. Um, a few days ago when I was sitting before the Lord and I was pondering over uh, all the, you know, messiness that's going on in the world right now. So much of information is flooding around, flying around. What is, what is not, this against that, that against this. And so I was just wondering before the Lord, God, you, you have to teach your people, have to teach me how to chart and navigate in this because in the days the Lord has told us in, when he spoke of the end days in Matthew 24, he said that there will be much deception. Because the first thing that he said is, do not be deceived. Which means the, the, the prominent thing that will be at the end, uh, and in the end times, will be deception. What sort of deception? Deception is something that is like the truth, but it's not the truth. It is subtle, and if we are not careful, and if we are not discerning, if we do not know the truth of God's word and in, in what He says, and and His perspective, His understanding, His mind, His heart, then it's easy to be tossed to and fro, and and even receive the 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 leaven, you know, the leaven that will contaminate the whole uh, dough. So I was just thinking about these things and I sense the, you know, I sense the urgency that, that the people of God and also myself, that we, we have to be, we need, we need to be um, so into God's truth that because we know the truth, we know God's truth, we can tell by the spirit right away that which is the counterfeit, that which is the false light. And so as I was just, you know, thinking about these things before the Lord, and he answered me, 
with Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. In the New King James Version, it says that you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. In the Amplified, it says it like this, and you will guard him and you will keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind is stayed on you, both in his inclination and character, a frame, imagination and mind because he commits himself to you he leans on you and hopes confidently in you so this is the lord's answer and counsel regarding about how we need to be the posture that we should be in such times how do we navigate we have to we need to first and foremost anchor our mind, our focus, and our attention on him, what he says. It's one thing to know what is going out there in the world. It's a completely another thing to know of those things. But the foremost primary attention is on what the Lord says, what God says, and what, what he thinks about the whole situation. Is he thinking the same as what the world is saying? Is he thinking the same as what all the truther movement is coming forth with? Or is he saying something else? For example, a perspective of the mind. There is so much um, going on about shortages, man-made shortages. And it is not a um, fairy tale, you know, we are seeing that happening in some places. We are seeing what is being pushed forward by men with uh, devious intentions. But what is our spiritual position and posture before the Lord in all of these things? Should we be in fear? Should we be concerned? Should we, um, how do we approach? How do we keep our mind and our heart in times like this? And the, and the Lord tells us in chapter 26 of Isaiah that if we keep our mind on him, if our mind is stayed on him, if our mind is anchored on him, then he will keep us in his perfect, matured peace, peace with no holes. Nothing missing, nothing broken. It will be full, it will be complete, and it will nourish you. It will strengthen and guide you because we trust in Him. If we commit our lives and our trust in Him, that in the midst of shortages, there will be uh, abundance of supply from Him. And so, this is the first thing that the Lord addressed. Mind stayed on you. Our mind stayed on him. When we anchor that, then he will guard us and he will keep us in his perfect and constant. Would you like to be in that perfect and constant peace? Then anchor our thoughts our imagination on him, on what he says, on what 
the, the scripture says about his character, his ways, his nature, his appointment, what, what the word of God tells us about that, what the Lord tells us about that, what the Holy Spirit leads us into. Keep our mind on that. So while we be informed of all that is happening, protect our imagination. Protect what we say to ourselves because what we say we will have if we believe what we say. So if our imagination is in constant panic, constant chaos, guess where the energy, where our energy will flow into. But if our imagination is we see the tower of God in the midst of all this madness, when we can see the tower of God, we can anchor in trust in him. Thereby, the peace of God will flow and fill our hearts and cause us to be stable. You know, as, as, I, as I was just relating this, the Lord reminded me about, you know, how Jesus walked on water in uh, Mark chapter 6. And this was the time that Jesus, after he's, he's made a, done his ministry, he retreated to a quiet place to pray. He took the time to be with the Lord, to put his mind on the Lord, on the Father, I mean, to put his mind on the Father, his focus, his imagination on the Father, hearing from the Father what the Father would say. And, and then he, when he was done with that, he saw that his disciples were uh, rowing in, in, the, in the sea and they were struggling because there was a, a, a strong wind that's blowing again. So they were struggling in the waters. And then at the fourth watch of the night, after, which means after a long, long time of struggling in the high winds, then Jesus came and he began to walk on the water in the midst of the chaos and waves and everything. He walked on the waters. And when the disciples saw saw him they were terrified because they thought it was his ghost but the lord came unto them and he said be of good cheer be encouraged it is me do not be afraid and then he went into the boat to them and the wind ceased. so rest our mind and our imagination in the lord the winds in your mind, the winds in the conscience of your soul will cease. Not that the situation will flip around like that. No, what I mean is that the disturbances in your soul that takes your peace away, that causes you to be in anxiety, that will cease. So keep your mind in the Lord. Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace, the shalom peace of God was that surpasses all human wisdom and understanding and reasoning will guard your hearts and your mind. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Of his power, his strength, his grace, his love for you, and a sound mind, quiet and peace. 
That's 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. So that's one aspect that Elijah has uh, given to my heart while I was just spending time with him. I really encourage you to take time if you have not or are not regularly practicing this, this, you know, sitting with the Lord and just being with him the way you would be with a friend is very precious. And the more you practice it, the more you sit with him and receive from him. You, he feeds your, he, it feeds you, you know, it, it feeds your heart, it feeds your mind, it feeds your, your soul, it feeds your spirit. Worship him and just think about him. Just thank him. Read of his word. Read of God's will for you. Read of his commands, his instructions, and just have that communication with him. And then it will encourage and nourish you because he is the tree of life. Fruits of the tree of life will give you. The, the next thing is, um, this is something that he wants, he reminded me to bring it to you. Uh, on the 16th of September, 2020, while just worshipping before the Lord, just being quiet and honoring his presence, uh, the word of the Lord said unto me, and he spoke to my heart and he says that, chaos will sweep across the earth, but there is a place by me. And in this place by me, the secret place of the Most High, presence and the kingdom of God within you, you shall be saved in my peace. And in here you will stand as my glory passes by. You shall not be shaken or be found wanting. This can be found in the, in the book of Exodus chapter 33, when Moses asked of the Lord to show him his glory. And the Lord said to him, Behold, there is a place beside me, and here you will stand on the rock. And as my glory pass you by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and protectively cover you with my hand. So there is a place by him. It is the secret place of the Most High where he will show you his glory. He will show you his face. He will show you who he is, his name. And the presence and the kingdom of God that is within you. And you will abide in safety from that inner place. And after he, he spoke this, and, and then I had a vision. A vision came and my living uh, area, my living room opened in the vision. And I saw before me a very magnificent horizon. So um, it was a sea. It was what's like a glistering sea. It's so beautiful. The beauty, most beautiful aquatic uh, green blue. I, I don't know how to I don't know what color is that, but it's a mixture of green and blue and it's so beautiful. It's glistering and it's like crystal and sparkling with light. And, and it's like the light that shines of it and it just, you know, I don't know how to describe, but, but that sea was so beautiful. And I was just so amazed and awed by what I was seeing. 
And as I was looking upon the sea, then I noticed that the beauty of the sea was contra contrasted by the horizon, which is a massive black, um, thick black cloud of darkness, the thickest and the blackest, you know, and and I, in the vision, I could not see the end of it. It was just full. It just filled the entire horizon. And then as I was looking at this magnificent sight, I was, I was wondering, what does this mean? What does this mean? What am I looking at? And the Lord, he, he said unto me, he said, the great storm is coming and the tempest will blow across the earth. As the storm rages across the earth, yet what it is for my kingdom and those in me, it is the tempest wind of my Holy Spirit. And he said, do not be afraid. And then he continued to say, for the world and them of the world, they will be blown away by this chaos. But for them that are in me, it is the outpouring of my spirit that will come like a mighty rushing wind. He said, both will be poured out at the same time. To the world, it will be chaos, but to the people of God, it is the power of the kingdom. And he said, there will be no fence sitters. Everyone will be on either side, either in the tempest of the chaos or in the tempest wind of the power of the kingdom. So I, he didn't give a timeline. He didn't say when, but he said that such a time will be upon this earth. And this time it will come. So when it comes, the people of God take heart, take courage. He says, he emphasized, do not be afraid. Do not put yourself in the place or position of fear or anxiety. It's important because where you put your focus on is where your energy and your attention will go. So anchor yourself in, keep your mind anchored in the Lord, stay your mind on him, on his word and his will, and the peace of God will guard you, will keep you, will garrison you, will protect you, will strengthen you and give you the, the grace to walk in his light and in his peace. And then it will be the expression of when everyone else around you are in panic or worried or full of anxiety, you will be different because you walk in the place of the inner peace in the, from the place of the secret of our most high God. So there is a place by him. There is a place in him, right? And remember, when this darkness come upon the earth, for those that are off the wall, that are off the systems and the way of the world, it will be chaos for them, but not so for the people of God, not so for those who anchor themselves in him, in him, because it will be 
the outpouring of the tempest wind of his Holy Spirit of the kingdom of God in glory and in power. So these two winds will come together at the same time. And there will be no fence sitters. Everyone will be on either side. And this is the time the Lord puts in my heart right now. This is the time to prepare yourself. This is to, it's a time to encourage and build up, to build up your, your inner man in him, your, the growth of your spiritual man in him, the growth of your understanding of God's word in him, so that when these times come upon this earth, you are developed, you are trained, your spiritual muscles have been exercised and you will be able to be a partaker of God's glory when he pours out his kingdom power. Because this is the kingdom age. This is the age of the kingdom of God that will be preached in all the earth in demonstration of his power. So God right now is raising up a kingdom people for the glory, for the kingdom of God is not in word. It's, it is not in the wisdom and eloquence of man. It is not so much of what we know in our knowledge, but it is his word in power. His rhema living, breathing word in his power that is alive, the gospel that is in action. And it is not just focused, it is not focused on one continent or a few countries or a zone. It is worldwide. It will come and sweep worldwide in all the nations. For Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom will preach in all the world in, as a witness, as a testimony to all nations, your nation, my nation, the islands, the coastals. Even the, 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 the part of the world that we have not heard of. But it will come. It will sweep as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. Matthew 24 verse 14. So God is raising it right now. A kingdom people. And who are these kingdom people? For now, I just bring up two points. This, this kingdom uh, the kingdom generation is, is like a, a whole series of messages, you know, a whole series of teachings because we are now entering and God is teaching and we are walking into that. So he will lead us and develop more. But our heart has to be in that place, a willing people for him. In Psalms 110 verse 3, it says, Your people shall be willing in the day of your power. Today is the day of power because he is in us and we are here and we have the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is the breath of his word in power. But may we be willing for him as a kingdom people, be willing to follow, to be willing to obey and be willing to become like him. You know, to become like God, we have to be willing to lay down the things that are not of him, the things that are not of his will, not of 
his statutes, not of his principles, the ways of our flesh, our selfishness, our vanity, our pride, our greed. We have to be willing to lay all these things down. Even, even the, the, the need to fight for our um, own recognition, to justify ourselves, all those things, we have to lay it down. It is God who sets his people up. It is God who brings them justice because he is the righteous one. He is the judge of all that is true. We have to be willing to trust him to sort things out for them. There will be times where it will be very uncomfortable. It will be very uncomfortable for our flesh. But we have to be willing to lay it down so that he can prune us. He can um, cut away the things that are of the flesh so that we can grow into him. The things that do not work for our spiritual uh, posture, for our spiritual growth, lay them down. Lay, let the dead leaves fall to the ground so that the new leaves of life can spring up and be fruitful and multiply. So our kingdom people are not just are not only a willing people who are willing to follow him, to obey him, and to become like him. They are also a people who know their God. A people who know their God shall be strong, and they shall carry and do great and mighty exploits in the power of the Holy Spirit. Daniel saw of these days. And, and in Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, this is, I think many of us will be very familiar with this verse, but it is true. It is coming to pass. The people who know their God, who know his name, who know his character, not in the head, but in the heart. People who know their God in truth, in spirit and in truth in their heart, they shall become strong and they shall carry great exploits. There's, um, you know, Abraham, he had his process, you know, uh, as we, when we read about him in Genesis, in the book of Genesis, every time he, 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 ex, he goes through like an episode, he learns something and God reveals himself in that episode. And each time he learns of God in a new light, in, in a, a new name, a new discovery of who he is, Abraham would build an altar, dedicate himself, and call upon the name of the Lord that he has come to know. And this happens throughout the span of his life to the point that he knows God so well. His confidence and faith in God is so anchored so true it's so sincere that when the lord told him to offer isaac as a sacrifice he knew the mind of god let's look at it in genesis chapter 22 it says um verse 1 to 14 so now it came to pass it after these things that god tested abraham and said to him abraham and he said here i am and then he said Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, 
whom you love. You know, Abraham had waited a lifetime for this Isaac to be born. And in the process of that time, he made, a, you know, mistakes here and there. But the promised son came and he came when he was an old man, when the natural thing dried up. And God came in that moment of the impossibility. When it is impossible, God made it possible. And in that experience, Abraham came to know God in a new revelation of who he is. And he, he called him the God everlasting, El Olam, God that is beyond the essence of time. But anyway, so, so, so God told Abraham, this son whom you have waited, whom you have loved, bring him now to Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on the mountains which I should tell you. Now God is telling Abraham, this son that you waited so much, so long for, now offer him up to me as a sacrifice. But Abraham has come to know God, his nature. He has come to know God in his character. So Abraham, he did not fret. He did not worry. Instead, he rose up. First thing in the morning, early in the morning, he rose up, he saddled his donkey, took uh, his uh, two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he took the wood that was meant for the burnt offering, and they arose and they went to the place that God told him. Early in the morning. And then on the third day, which means he has been traveling for a couple of days, and on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place from afar off. Now this place is far away, right? And Abraham said to his young man, now, you guys stay here with the donkey. My son Isaac and I, we will go and worship. And we, we, not me alone, but we, me and Isaac, my son, we will come back to you. Didn't God say to offer him as a sacrifice? And But Abraham is saying that both of us, we will come back to you. Because Abraham knew the heart of God. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and, and laid it on his son Isaac, took him, took the fire into his hand and the knife, and they went both together. And then so Isaac says to his father, 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 and, and Abraham answered, Here I am, my son. And then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, and but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God whom I know, whom I have come to experience, whom I have come to realize what is, is, what is true about him, my God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering. God didn't tell Abraham that he would do it, but Abraham knew God, and he knew God's heart, and he knew God will provide. As he trusted God's promise to him. He will be a father of many nations. So you see, when we come to know God, circumstances will not waver us. They may attempt, they might, the enemy might try to throw circumstances across your way to stumble your path, to attack your relationship in your heart with God. But when you have learned of him, when you have spent time with him, when you have come to personally know him, 
the enemy cannot shake you because of what you have experienced and what you know, just as Abraham. So they went to the place that God has told them, and God told him to build an altar, and then he put the wood in order, and then he put his son Isaac on it, on the altar and the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand, took the knife, ready to slay his son. And then at that moment, not a second early, not a second late, the angel of the Lord called out from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad. Do not do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. This word here, fear, means reverence. Love, that worshipful awe, that worshipful reverence towards the Lord that is rooted in, in love. And now I know that you fear God. And since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was the ram, the lamb caught by, the, by his horns in the thicket. So Abraham took the ram and offered it as a burnt sacrifice instead of his son. In this experience, in this encounter, Abraham called the name of that place over Jireh. Lord will provide as it is to this day. It is said to this day, in the mountain of the Lord, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. In the secret place, the place by him, where he will dwell in safety, will provide. He will reveal his face as Jehovah Jireh. Then there's another example where God showed himself to the people that he is the God of more than didn't the world, isn't, isn't the world saying now that there's going to be a shortage? A, you know, the world is, is saying that you will only have five loaves and two fishes for a multitude. You will not have enough. Yes, the world is saying that. But what is God saying? Let's look at Mark chapter 6, verse 33 to 44. Many of us will know these stories and scriptures, you know, but for if anyone out there that you're hearing this, this podcast and you have not read this story, you have not heard, I will relay it to you for you. So the, as the multitude, you know, Jesus was ministering. And so as the multitudes were, um, he went off to, to depart by themselves. They were leaving their place and the multitude saw them departing. And many knew him. They mean they have heard of his stories. They have heard of the seeds of the kingdom, the kingdom of God. You know, when Jesus was on earth, he was sowing the seeds of the kingdom of God, the gospel of the kingdom of God. Everything that Jesus is teaching is, is a reflection of what it is in, the, in God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. It is the same thing. And so, so when, uh, when the multitude saw that they were leaving, so they ran, uh, before him. They ran, uh, to, they ran there on foot 
to all from all the cities, and they arrived before them and came together to him. They were hungry, they were desperate because they wanted to know the truth. Don't we want to know the truth? Which is why we are always searching for what is happening out there. So in the time in the in, in, in the ancient times, the people were the same. They want to know the truth. And Jesus came to show them the truth. And Jesus, when he came out, he saw the great multitude. He saw how hungry and desperate they were, how sincere they were. He was so moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep, but not having a shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And so everywhere he went, Jesus is always, he is always imparting. He is always speaking. So God desires to be speaking to you. He desires to impart into you. Yes. Only to come before him, be by his side, and hear and learn from him. So that he can teach you many things and more. We will never stop learning. Even when we go to heaven, we will still be learning because God is infinite. There's no end. And so when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and they said that, you know, God, this is a deserted place. There are no shops around. It is far from the city, far from the villages. And the hour is already late. Send them away so that they can go to the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But Jesus answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. So the disciples said, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth, maybe $40, $50 worth of bread, and give them something to eat? But Jesus said unto them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five loaves and two fish. And so Jesus commanded them uh, to make the people, make the multitudes sit down together in groups on the green grass. Kind of like, you know, when you want to plant something, you in lots. Anyway. And so they sat down in ranks in hundreds and fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and two fishes, he looked up to heaven, he looked up to the Father, and he blessed them. He blessed the loaves and the fishes, and then he distributed, he gave to his disciples, he gave to the multitude, and they gave and gave and gave and gave, and it never stopped. It didn't stop. And so everyone were filled, every one, every single one in the multitude, they were filled. They, were, they ate to their fill. And when they had finished, they collected 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Out of five loaves and two fishes, they received the leftovers of 12 baskets full. And do you know how great a multitude that is? 5,000. Five loaves, two fishes, 5,000 people, 12 baskets full. God showed himself, 
showed his face and his name as the God of more than enough. It's not by might, not by power. No, not by might, nor by power, but by my Holy Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. King of kings, Lord of lords. That's Zechariah chapter 4. So the world is saying to us, there will be shortages. You will only have five loaves. God says, out of this five loaves and two fishes, you will have 12 basketfuls of left. This is our God. This is our Father. Whom we serve, whom we love. He is the God of the more than enough in the moment. So don't you fear. Don't you worry how you're going to sustain your family, how you're going to sustain when there is lack or the threat of lack. Don't you fear. Don't put yourself in the place and position of fear. You have a heavenly father who is the God of more than enough, who will give 12 basketfuls of leftover when everyone else, the 5,000, ate to their full. You know, I have heard this, this kind of testimony that has happened in our time, in our lifetime, even in the most recent um, chaos and conflict in a certain country, you know, where people have to run to hide and they have only one packet. This testimonies was shared just a few weeks ago. This, they only have a pack of crackers or biscuits or something, but it was only one and they have a multitude in that hiding place. And they were there for like weeks and weeks. But that packet didn't, um, <laughs> it sustained for weeks and weeks, just that one packet, because it kept supplying, it kept multiplying, it would not end. And the people were filled, they were full, they were filled, and water as well. So this kind of miracle happens still because God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I remember there was a testimony that I hear a few years back. It's this village uh, or this, this um, community, I think orphanages or something. And this group of missionaries, they went to, uh, they want to feed the village because they were really, really poor. And so they prepared like a, um, kind of like, a, they, they feed the community of about 200 people, I think. So they prepared that amount, right? But what happened is that because news spread to the other villages and they, they were suffering in hunger too. So when they heard there's going to be food uh, provision, uh, there's going to be a feeding of the poor, they all came. So in the end, the turnout was way more than the 200 people. And so the missionaries, they were saying, what are we to do? We only have these 200. We don't have enough to, to feed everyone else. And then somebody remembered this story, remembered this miracle, remembered the God of the more than enough. 
So they prayed and they went by faith. They started dishing out, you know, the pots and the food and the dish out. And they dished out and they dished out and they dished out. And everybody was fat. Everyone that went were fat and they had leftovers. The food that they prepared for, it continued to supply, supply, supply. It didn't end. So these same miracles is still happening here because the same God is with us. So don't you fear. Don't you fear. But put your trust in the Father. Put your trust in God. He will supply. Right at the time. Not one second early. Once, not one second late. Right on time. Shall I tell you one more? Life example, Elijah and the, and the widow. This is in 1 Kings chapter 17. Um, and so the word, at that time there was famine because there was a judgment in the land and there would be no rain, so there was drought. And then God told Elijah to go to this place, Zarephath, and there he will meet a widow who will feed him, who will provide for him. So uh, Elijah, did I say Moses? Anyway, Elijah went and then he came to this place in the city and there the widow was indeed there. She was gathering sticks. And so he called out to her and said, please give me a little water in the cup that I may drink. It's just water, right? So she went to get it. And as she was going, he called out to her and said, wait, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And so she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, for I only have a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks so that I can go and prepare for me and my son that we may eat our last meal and die. Then Elijah said to her, do not fear, don't be afraid. Go and do as you have said, make me a small cake first and then bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. And so says the God of Israel, because the, the Lord of Israel says that the bin of flour shall not be used up and it shall the jar of oil shall not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on this earth. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household, they ate for many days, for the bin of flour was not used up, nor the jar of oil ran dry, according to the word that the Lord has spoken to Elijah. See, what matters is not how much or how little you have. What matters is the true and sincere faith of Christ by which you come to know the Lord. God turned what was lack into a storehouse of unending supply. No. Moses and the children of Israel, after they left Egypt, they went into the desert wilderness. Where did their supply come from? 40 years of unending supply. Their clothes never wore 
their their feet, their sandals never wore out. They were not in lack. They had food. They had water for forty years. God of the supernatural and is your heavenly father. So, my God, your God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. All glory unto him forever and ever. So start building up and growing up in true, sincere faith. Start feeding, feasting yourself, feeding the seeds of the kingdom, seeds of, of who God is, seeds of what he does, what he says, seeds of his love for you, seeds of his mercy for you, seeds that will enable you and strengthen you to trust in him. You have to feed. We all have to feed. Now, now is the time of preparation because now is the time that he is raising up. Don't wait for that time to be here and then start. It will be too late because growth is a progression. It takes time and practice is a progression. So start now. Be willing to start now because now today is the day of power. And when we walk and mature in that word, it, the power of God will manifest to meet the point of need. So he will keep you in his perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him, because you trust in him. So trust in the Lord forever. Yahweh, the Lord God, your Father, is everlasting strength. I pray that this bless you in the name of Jesus. And if you feel the prompting and the turning in your heart, that you say that this is what I want, this is what I need. I need to know this Father, this Father of heaven who has revealed himself in such a magnificent way. I need to know him. If that is you, pray this prayer with me. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I come before you. And you said in your word, that what we need, Father, if we need wisdom to ask of you, and you will give your wisdom without holding back. So, Lord, Help me to know you in a deep, personal way, tangible way, that it will be true. Not knowing just in my head, but most of all, know in spirit and in truth in my heart, in my soul, in my spirit, in Jesus' name. So that I can grow, to become like you, to walk like you in the name of Jesus. And if you have not met the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you want to have this communion, you want to have this hope in your life, and you're looking for this hope in your life, I'll invite you to say this prayer 
to with me. I mean, you can pray in your own words to ask Jesus to come into your heart to receive Him. You know, when 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 I received the Lord when I was thirteen years old, after hearing about Him from my sister, I went to bed. There was no one with me. It was I was alone. I was laying in bed. But from that place of sincerity, I said, God, if you are real, if you are true, I want you. Sit. God showed himself to me. Most remarkable way. That I know that God is real. He came to touch me. I bawled, cried, and I wept, and I wept. Not because of sadness, because of the love of God that flowed from the crown of my head right down. That warmth. And that's all I said. I didn't say any fanciful prayer. I just said out of a sincere heart, God, if you are true. So if you would like to invite Jesus into your heart, you can say the same way. Or you can pray along with me. Lord, I thank you for your for the cross. When you went to the cross to, to lay your life down so that I can be saved. I receive you, Lord Jesus, into my life as my Lord and Savior. Take all my sins, take everything that is broken in me, and give me a new life, a new heart in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I am now a child. Of the Most High God, Jesus' name. If you have said a prayer, I invite you to come on, join us on our Telegram in the chat channel, and let us know that you have said this prayer. Introduce, let us introduce ourselves to you. There is a community on the Radon Radio Telegram. We build one another up, and at that word. I would like to invite you to join us at Singapore, which will happen at 8 p.m. Eastern tonight. So it is a time of praying in the Holy Spirit, and I encourage you to come and join us and be edified as we minister to the Lord together. In Jesus' name, be blessed, everyone. Much love to you. Right on, right on, right on. Right. On radio. Right on radio.